Three Point Range is back with you. Another morning edition. This is Mike Berardino, joined as always by the scout, Kimball Crosley, the professor, Tim Crothers. And, and first, maybe the professor would like to expound on this, but I, I, an apology of sorts is in order. And, and I think we all should have known this, but in yeah, without going back and checking the tapes, I'm, I'd just like to apologize uh, to the uh, Russell family uh, on behalf of three people who, who should know better. But uh, we had a very uh, heart, uh, heart-rending edition last time where we talked about fatherhood and the Padres and and uh, playing catch and such and balls that were tossed into the stands to make young children love baseball. And I, I think we misidentified uh, James Russell as Jeff Russell. And I think we all at some point uh, in American leagues or something had J Jeff Russell on our teams, but uh, and rotisserie teams. But I didn't realize till just now, just looking it up, that uh, Jeff Russell who is now 61 years old and retired in the uh, 90s. Uh, so he would not have been pitching in the late 2000s. He's the father of James Russell. Did you guys know that? I did not know that. That's shocking to me. Mm -hmm. How did I not know that? How did we screw that up first time? But that's the beauty of the podcast. But I just, I think we should own it because it's not just on Tim, even though he does script these things out and he should have checked it. But But none of us caught it. And shame on us. So we're so sorry. Apologies to Jeff Russell and James Russell and an open invitation to the Russell clan. Anytime they want to come on the podcast, they can come on and they can have an entire, they can have my segment. They can just have my segment. I will sacrifice the 10 minute segment to them if they would like. That's an open invitation. All right. So what do you have there, uh, professor? Well, I appreciate, first of all, you, you apologizing, uh, as a group, even though that was obviously my my screw up, but uh, and I also appreciate you spending the first five minutes of the podcast uh, reminding the our audience that I screwed up. Um, we all did. We all it's, um, it's 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 shared. It absolutely is shared. And I, I know we 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 really do work as a team. There's no question about that. Mm -hmm. um, because I because I feel like Mike, you and I have been been at odds you know for several last several podcasts i feel like we've kind of decades. been butting heads decades um well you could argue that it goes back a little further than that yes um i i i decided i i would try to try to cater to you with my topic today um, i had originally thought about talking about chess but then i thought you know what because mike is a is a uh, is an, an ardent as we as we've learned ap college football voter and a, and a degenerate gambler um, that I would talk about college football today. Right. And um, I, I think I was inspired by watching the Syracuse uh, Clemson game this past Saturday. And it just reminded me, I mean, I, I'm a huge college football fan and, and I appreciate the entirety of the season. Um, the beauty of, of how a college football season plays out over time and how, uh, you know, a team like Clemson in a, in the, in a game like that, uh, because of the way the college football playoff currently works with, with a four-team field, that that game was huge. That game was everything for Clemson. And I don't know whether, and I know Kimball doesn't watch that much college football, but I'll sort of re review it a little bit. Uh, 
Clemson is the number five team in the country and right on the edge of the college football playoff. Falls behind 21 to 7 to Syracuse, this sort of upstart, you know, ranked team, decent, but not expected to go to Death Valley and win. In fact, as Mike could tell you, they were a 14 point underdog. <laughs> so they, uh, they, the game plays out, and, and but for a incredibly stupid, uh, unnecessary roughness penalty on, on uh, Syracuse as they hit, a, hit Clemson's quarterback when he was well out of bounds. That completely changed the game. Uh, Clemson probably loses that game, and they're out of the out of the playoff. Now, let's fast forward a couple of years because in in uh, 2026, and possibly even sooner than that, if college football money grubbers get their get their way, uh, the college football playoff will expand to, to 12 teams. And the, the fact of the matter is, is that game that I watched on Saturday. Would not have mattered that much. Uh, in fact, there's a decent chance that Clemson could have gone and, gone and lost that game and still and still made the, the college football playoff. Basically, the the uh, regular season and the and what I think is the true fun of college football is on life support. I mean, we're up. We're, we've got. We might only have two more years this year and next year, where uh, where these regular season games actually actually matter to these top teams. I mean, I'll give you another example. In a couple of weeks, uh, Tennessee, number three, face Georgia, number one. And that game is going to be, it's probably the biggest game left on the college football regular season schedule. A monster game. What a fun game. Can't wait to watch it. Uh, in 2026, it will mean nothing. Both of those teams will already be for all, all intents and purposes, in the college football playoff, they might as well just play it like an NFL preseason game and just save their starters, make sure nobody gets injured, just let the uh, let the backups go out there and battle it out. Because God forbid you get you get one of your one of your good players injured in a regular season game that is meaningless. So that you know that kind of game is what we're looking at, uh, changing from being a monstrous. Huge game, so much fun, to absolutely meaningless. And uh, you know, there are other games I could, I could, I could talk about too. I mean, like Ohio State, Michigan at the end of the year. This year, it's always a, always a fascinating game, always a huge game. Often a game that determines one team's future into the college football playoff and one team falling out. Assuming both teams continue to play undefeated this year and up to that game. That's what we're looking at again this year. Winner of that game's probably in the college football playoff. Loser's probably out in 2024 or 2026, whenever this switch occurs. Both of these both of those teams are likely in the college football playoff. Again, meaningless game. I mean, obviously it means something still to the good people of Columbus and Ann Arbor, but but really uh, on a national scale, it means it's it's meaningless. I mean, it's just it's just it, both teams are going to be end up into the and end up in the playoff field. So who, who really cares? And yeah, there's just so many teams who are in that situation. I mean, Alabama now having lost to Tennessee, every game they play the rest of the, this year, if they lose it, they're out. Uh, if, if they have, they have to win every game from here on out to stay in the, stay in the hunt. So every game matters. Uh, in 2026, Alabama could probably take another loss as long as they win the, as long as they win the SEC West and win the, uh, the uh, 
the SEC championship game, they'll they'll still get in. So I, I just I just feel like we have to we have to savor these these last few years of of college football regular season meaning something. I mean, they're, we're really going to get to a point, I think, in 2026, where unless we're a fan of one of those fringe teams who are trying to get into the final 12, kind of like we always watch the bubble, the bubble in the NCAA basketball tournament, uh, you know, that's going to be really the only interest of the of the regular season is which which of these bubble teams are going to get the 11th and 12th spots in the college football playoff. And frankly, that doesn't really get me too excited about about the those future seasons. Um, right now in 2026, I mean, Alabama, you can book it. Georgia, you can book it. Uh, Clemson, you can probably book it. Ohio State, you can book it. Just, I mean, you guys are all, you guys are all in every year. There's no, no drama, nothing. Just, just, just pencil them in, just figure out on the end of the season, you can figure out where they're, where they're seated and who really cares. I mean, we don't, it doesn't really matter where they're seated. Anybody can, anybody can win once you get, get there. So I guess we're just to a point now where, where uh, we can just we can just forget forget the fall uh, in college football and just just turn it on just start paying attention to college football in December um, and honestly at that point the uh, NCAA basketball tournament will probably be up to 300 teams and and we it'll it'll probably just about be starting at that point in in December because we'll have to start it so early with all those teams. Um, so I'll probably be more interested in, in December and January madness than I will, uh, the college football playoff at this point. So I'm, I'm pretty much checking out on college football as soon as that, uh, college football playoff goes to 12 teams. Um, what do you think, Mike? Hey, with me? hey, hey. <laughs> I don't I know. Have you, you, have a, you have an opinion? Yeah, because in fact, it's, this is not. Uh, dissimilar to my point last week, if you think about it, because we're, when I talked about I, I baseball it. and playoffs and stuff like that, because I think oh yes, Korea KBO one of, keys, one of the keys to sports is a systemic a, a systemic interesting fair way to decide champions, and and there's some to me there's some balance between you know weight on the regular season building up to a playoff and and, and it being sort of like plausibly fair and and one of the reasons i've been a, a college football basher is because uh it was it was a ridiculous system it was a ridiculous system in the past and then they've you know tried to tweak it over the years but i would say to you like a lot of good points there but one of the problems with what you're talking about is and and and, and it's been a great argument like you know wow every week matters in college football as opposed to the nfl when i've when i've heard you and others make that argument in the past but that was not true because the schedules weren't fair, right? So some you you have these almost, you know, you have teams that sometimes play everybody and teams that play nobody, and and then it you don't have a great balance of that. And so what I would say is, you know, if if you had some sort of system, which they'll never do because the the big conferences have have all the power, where you say like, hey, guess what? You don't get these 16 team conferences where three or four teams get into the playoffs. You know what? You get one and then your winner gets in because if you finish second in the conference, you kind of lost your argument for you're the best team in the nation. You're not even the best team in your conference or your division or your, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so, so 
but and then you say like, well, even though we know the the a team from some small conference probably isn't better, they have an argument because hey, they won their conference, they didn't finish second in their conference, and they might go into a playoff and get killed. Um, but at least you're 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 doing something like that. So if they had a system where you where you still could have it being important, but of course, as uh, you know, they'll never do that because you know Alabama and Tennessee and Georgia, they'll 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 they have way better programs than other people and they control so much of the sport and and they will always you know it's hard to think of a system where they don't say like no 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 we're getting in screw the little teams so yeah you're right it's it's probably gonna um really hurt college football and i say good because figure it out darn it (laughs) ap voter what do you think oh well, uh, I'm just I'm just reviewing uh, some of the recusal policies here online. I wanted to brush up on that and share it with our listeners uh, because this is the last podcast we'll be doing um, ever. That, no, that's it. Last... We're done. <laughs> I'm ending well, it right here well, on this point, well, midpoint. No, this is the last podcast we'll be doing before the college football playoff selection uh, committee. Uh, takes over this process, which they do every year uh, at the start of November. So next week, next November first, on November first, that'll be the thing. And then the people in Tennessee and other parts of the nation can leave me alone, perhaps, because uh, I'm just uh, what I'm doing is just for uh, it's just for entertainment. It's not going to determine anything with the 63 AP voters. But you guys might be interested to know who the 13 members are or just at least the recusals but uh you know because uh that's how it's done that's how it's currently done so we're saying we're sitting there saying well they finally got a system that's equitable and the four teams chosen and and there's you know there must that committee must be just just so so uh no here's here's the recusal policy and, it, and you poke some holes in it if you as you hear them but uh, there's 13 people who will be getting together with a you know, ton, ton of snacks. And I can only imagine how much fun it is to put those teams. They put them in a top 25 order, and you know, then they go on ESPN. If a committee, and Boo Corrigan is the, of NC State, NC State Athletic Director, is the chairman this year. So um, if a committee member or an immediate family member, example, spouse, sibling, or child, A, is compensated by a school, B, provides professional services for a school, or C, is on the coaching staff or administrative staff at a school, or is a football student athlete at a school, that member will be recused. Such compensation shall not shall include not only direct employment, but also current paid consulting arrangements, deferred compensation, uh, or other benefits. The committee has the option to add other recusals if special circumstances arise. There's one more paragraph. A recused member shall not participate in any votes involving the team from which the individual is recused. A recused member is permitted to answer only factual questions about the institution from which the member is recused but shall not be present during any deliberations Regarding the team selection or ranking, recused members shall not participate in discussions regarding the placement yeah, maybe of this the recused team podcast. into a poll. <laughs> Let's hope. So, my point is, uh, this is the these, these folks have to leave the room for whatever it matters when these following schools are discussed. For instance, Michigan 
has a very good chance to get right back in this thing. They were in it last year and got blown out. But Ward Manuel, the AD at Michigan, is on the committee. Uh, Notre Dame has a couple of plants there. Boo Corgan, not, not that Notre Dame has a chance to be back in there, but people like to chart that. Uh, Rod West played at Notre Dame, and he's on it. And Boo Corrigan and the whole Corrigan family had some connection to Notre Dame through Gene, their dad, their late father. But uh, how about the fact that a journalist, Kelly Whiteside, is on the committee and, and, the, and the professor, I wonder if the professor's been approached at any point <laughs> about being on this committee because you remember Kelly Whiteside from your Kelly Whiteside, Kelly Whiteside and, and, and are, are very good friends. We're very good friends when we worked at Sports Illustrated together. So, yeah. yes, I, I, I potentially could be tampering in this well, whole thing, though you, I still don't have know. any idea why why we're what this has to do with my original point but I don't know. maybe I you don't could know. explain that <laughs> well i'm just getting to that well no i am I, if you guys would just pay attention and and, and <laughs> that's always that the problem Kimball, we're, not, we're not paying close enough attention mm -mm. okay yeah. mm -hmm. kimball did kimball not did you not say that somehow what we currently have is equitable and and better than what, what no i don't think i said it's equitable retort. at all I just said they've they've tried to make it better. Maybe you should be paying closer attention, Mike. Tim, Tim, it's Tim is warning the world. Like the whole, teams the excluding the small conference no. teams because Tim is, no, Tim is endorsed not. tacitly, at least, and and I, and, I, and I think outwardly that the current system is better than what they're going toward by 2024, as soon as. Right, but we'll still have the same argument. The argument you're making, we'll, well, no, we'll still because, have that same argument with 12 as we will with four. At, no, I think there'll be with, more automatic aspects to it. I mean, uh, certainly the top, the one of the real problems going to the 12, and I'm and I think in general terms, 12 is concerning because uh, it's one of the, the too many spots in the baseball postseason we've discussed has made the regular season made september less is devalued that it's made it just made it less exactly the phillies shouldn't have even been in the playoffs and now here they are knocking out the scouts nor, nor should the padres yeah, yeah. Hey. it's just been uh it's just been <laughs> it's just been wacky but uh i well i i just wanted to i'm just pivoting here what do we have to do to get the professor our guy no. onto this committee because Kelly Whiteside's here, and and I just I you know we'd like to invite Kelly Whiteside on at some point. I don't know if she's allowed or she'd have to be recused. I remember reading her stuff. She's also at Newsday, but she the she's a professor at Montclair State University in New Jersey, and the only team that could be discussed that she must recuse herself from leave the room. I don't know if they let you take snacks out of the room, snacks and sodas. I would hope so. But uh, when she comes back in, they're like, okay, we're done talking about Rutgers. That's the only school she has to leave for. And, and um, you know, I, I would have to imagine that uh, based on uh, other consulting arrangements or stories that went well or people who ticked her off or are mean or whatever, I, we all have our biases. We all try to check them at the door. But this recusal thing is just way too surface skimming because they, they really need to dig deeper to find to make sure that, People leave the room. Mitch Barnhart, Kentucky AD, is on this thing. Kentucky's got a shot. They're they're in the periphery of it. Um, what about the fact that can we go back to Tim? It's Tim's point. Kansas State's Gene Taylor. It's, I forgot what Rick it is. We're so far we're so far off the rails. Boys, you, I don't think I don't think America understands. How they get to the four? They just like okay, well there we go. Where oh it's the four and Nick Saban always seems to be there, 
But um, they get there with these with these uh, alliances, these unholy alliances. That it's too small a group. Everyone spends uh, all fall bashing the sixty three, our room of sixty three that I was allowed into, and I don't think I'll be asked back. But that's fine. I got a chance to see, to be in the room. No snacks in the AP room, by the way. No snacks <laughs> at all. And then uh, how much did it cost to park? It's uh, well, twenty five dollars. <laughs> What's the most you guys have ever seen no. to park at, a, at an event? No, stop. Stop him. $65. I can't. You don't like He'll mute us. He'll mute us if I try to stop him. Oh, I can do that. You're right. So uh, that's all I have to say about that. I just think that uh, um, I enjoy the process, but any process we come up with, we're going to be able to poke holes in uh, very quickly whether it's recusal based or not. And if people would like a, a, a transcript of this show, just send a self-addressed self envelope to Kimball's house. I am so talking about chess next week. Oh my God. So talking about chess. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead, Kimball. Just go ahead and go ahead and make your point. He no, did. I, he already, we already heard from him. No, I'm just saying oh, we're, point we're ready two. to move on to point number two, because That's obviously, right. oh, yeah, obviously that was I have not. One. I have not uh, engaged you enough to to, to actually re re refer back to my point. So let's just move this on. Is, this is sports. This is sports discussion. You can't get well, anywhere. I'll try and tie it up. I I do think twelve is too many. But if if you have twelve, as I said, and they'll never do this, maybe you say twelve inclusive. You know, we'll 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 as I said, you you don't always have the twelve best teams, but you have the twelve most. Worthy according to some system, like the 12 teams that won, you know, conferences. You know, there, what are there? How many conferences are there now? And there's the power, there's five, a lot, and there's a group right. of five. So, and... so maybe just the, you know, something like that. And so, you, you want to go back to the BCS where they have all the uh, all of Mike's yeah. fa favorite little stats, no, the yes. and all that no, kind no, of no, stuff? No, 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 hmm. you go away from that. You say, like, hey, guess what? It's like more like the old NCAA tournament used to be with basketball. Is is you say like you win the ACC you're in you win the SEC you're in you don't you don't and um, before football, they opened up the NCAA makes, tournament you said that makes more sense with football when it, when it's you know obviously you're a grueling sport a long season with uh, you know dangerous to the players and you go into December whatever so that's the only way your twelve team thing could work theoretically but all right okay Mike uh, thank you for that. Um, uh, <laughs> Promise me you won't read from anything <laughs> when you come in on my point. Just that's all I'm asking. Is don't don't read from my. I cannot make that promise. Well, my point is this: believe it or not, I'm going to be rooting for the New England Patriots this season for the rest of the way. And the reason I'm going to be rooting for them is kind of strange. It's because we all know I'm anti-quarterback. Um, and the New England Patriots have a quarterback controversy uh, of late because, as anyone saw their game the other night, they tried to play both quarterbacks, Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones, and it really didn't work. And um, I've always said, like, why why does quarterback have to be the sacred position? You know, like, we, we substituted every other position, but it, there's this whole idea of, like, oh, no, you got to pick a quarterback. You got to pick a quarterback. And here I am up in New England, and – it's it's just all the rage. Oh, Bill Belichick, you know, he's 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 crazy. He's gotta pick one and go with it. He's gotta pick one and go with it. So I find myself saying, like, no, I, I would almost love for him to say, like, no, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna 
you know, move them in and out as I please. We're going to do well despite that. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, my baseball season is over now. And so now I can can kind of go to a pseudo journalist role as long as I'm not working in baseball. And so I live up here, not far from uh, where the Patriots play and where they have the press conferences. So I went up to the press conference. Oh, my gosh. To, to hear for myself what he had to say about this. How, they let you in? So, so listen, so yeah, because, if, you know why? Because a three-point range. Like, oh, I do this podcast, <laughs> sub, Substack, whatever. So anyway. So, really? So, you know, um, we I asked the question. You snuck the into the Bill asked, Belichick press conference. So, like, well, you're, now let me put this to you two That's journalists. Only, let's hear more you're about it. two that. journalists. We know, you probably wonder this as I do. We hear Bill Belichick's press conference. We say, like, can't they ask him a question where somehow you can engage him? So do either of you have a question in this topic where you yes, say long snappers? Oh, he okay. loves that. Tim, do you have a question you might ask Mike that you might ask Bill Belichick that you think might actually engage him to, to talk about football? I mean, can you even imagine like a way to word it? Because obviously when you listen to these press conferences, they ask him a question that's only going to get a snappy answer back. So do you have one like especially? I don't, the only time I've ever seen him come to life is is in the 30 for 30 with, with Bill Parcells. And and I don't remember the questions that were asked, but obviously they weren't they weren't day to day football questions. Well, and well, I can't imagine. No, fortunately, the question and I think it's an intelligent one because it's getting away from the idea. It's like, you know, a lot of people think you can't uh, substitute a quarterback successfully in the NFL. Bill, do you have a comment on like why why you might not be able to like alternate quarterbacks the way you can in other positions? And so here I'm going to play now. View Bill Belichick's answer to that question. You asked that. You're 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 ruining his answer. This is what he said. So it was a good question, but you got a typical Bill Belichick response: a bunch of clicks and giggles and mumbles. And so, so yeah. Sorry, we we didn't get anything out of that. I'm sorry. I spent all my time going up there. But I will. I do wonder why we can't do this. And and I, and and maybe you know, without reading from something, Mike, maybe you can can answer you know this. But I do think it's it's sort of silly that you can't do that. You can't substitute a quarterback the way you other because people think oh, if you have two quarterbacks, you have zero. Um, so what do you guys think about that, Mike? No reading. I'm just double checking. I mean, in fact, there's something on NFL.com. No. Tim, your answer. Bill Belichick versus Tom Landry. And I, you guys should remember that um, early in Roger Staubach's career, as he was breaking in post-Naval uh, Academy and uh, pre-Super Bowls, he would Tom Landry would shuttle in the plays. He'd change quarterback ever, on every play, and it was Landry uh, sending in either Don Meredith who didn't really dandy Don didn't like this. And then at some point Craig Morton's involved and Staubach. And, and I don't know if he used three in one game, but they would kind of battle it out. And this went on for a couple of years. Um, and then uh, Clint Longley in there at some point. So Tom Landry um, way ahead of his time, of course, um, with those Cowboys, one of the first teams to use uh uh, early computers to to help with their scouting and their drafting. Um, he was not afraid to do it, and so it can, it's not that you can't do it. It's about perhaps the ego, and of course, the letting the media 
uh, run a rough shot over your operation, which Belichick's never been afraid of. And if anybody's going to do it, it should be Belichick. It'll just go ahead, send them in play-by-play, series-by-series, whatever. Uh, Florida State did it early in Bobby Bowden's career. I mean, we're talking play-to-play. Shuttle the send the play would be sent in by a new quarterback, and and um, it can be done. It's not sacred. I don't know that I I don't know that I would necessarily call that successful. Though I certainly wouldn't call what happened in New England the other night successful. Well, that, uh, well and I, Tom Landry was successful with it. Eventually, yeah, eventually, but I, I mean, he wasn't doing that when when the Cowboys were winning the Super Bowl. I mean, Roger Starbuck wasn't uh, shuttling out of, out of the game during the Super Bowl. No, I think during the well, I think during their um, their their ascent. Uh, somewhere between the Ice Bowl and that first Super Bowl win over the Dolphins, uh, this shuttling was happening. The shuttle, the quarterback shuttle, was in full flower at that point, and it may not have carried all the way into the Super Bowl, but it helped him get there. I, I, I'll have to do a little more reading. Do some research. Right. Go uh-huh. into your computer right now and see if yeah. the, the read, Cowboys read ever chapter, chapter playoff seven game where they the, alternate the quarterbacks. Of the Dallas Cowboys. You can read that to us later. Yes, mm. for as your point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be happy yeah, to. no, I think I, I don't, I just, I, I don't know that I, I could point to, and I, again, a research, I guess would be involved, but I don't know whether I could point to, to any, any particular, you know, long-term situation where that has, where that has worked. It doesn't have to be long-term. It's a tra- it's a transitional move uh, to help you get some clarity. There's no problem with that. Well, also, there's a stressor on both of those guys to find out who can really handle it. Well, that, but. But then I think I think Kimball's talking about something where you do this like over the course of a season or something oh, like that. Right. Is that right? Is that, is that what you're talking about? Just like you do it, you know, rotating defensive ends and right, and right. position running backs. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't think of a time when this has worked over the course of course of a season, or you've just you've basically said we're committing to this. It, it happened, you know, it happens all the time in terms of oh, the backup quarterback comes in. I mean, it happened in that. Uh, Syracuse game I was talking about just just earlier in the pro- right. podcast. They took they pulled they pulled DJ uh, Uyunglele out and put mm-hmm. in put in the backup. And the truth is, and they can't they went on to win the game. But the truth is, it wasn't because of the backup quarterback. The only good thing he did was allow himself to get uh, to get abused on the sideline and get the penalty, and that that allowed them to yeah, avoid the game interceptions. Uh, DJ was giving the ball away. I think if you, I think you'd find that uh, the other guy threw interceptions as well. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, and so everybody gave obviously gave great great credit to the backup. But backup, all he just happened to be in there when they when they rediscovered their running game, and so all of a sudden uh, they started calling running plays with the backup in, and the rushing games ended up winning them the game. And now, now you you know the first thing that. Dabo had to do after the game was clarify that DJ is still his starting quarterback and try to diffuse the fact that this is a that this is a quarterback controversy. I I just feel like that's that is one of the problems with these with the two quarterback system is that it just it does create this this instant quarterback controversy that is you know I I just can't believe that that is a functional way to run your team on a long-term basis. I mean, it worked for Clemson that this past week. Um, but I think most of the time you'd find it's, it's going to go more the way of the, the Patriots. And by the way, I think we all know the only reason that Kimball is interested in 
Patriots quarterbacks is it's his way of eventually segueing into what a pickle Tom Brady is in right now. And it all, it, it always It always eventually swings back to that. <laughs> Not this week. Mm-hmm. So we're going to, we're going to have to take a little, are we good on that one? Do we, do we yeah. complete? All right. Unless so, you have some reading to do. I do. I always have a little more, a little more skimming. Uh, so you, you're listening to Three Point Range. Uh, this is Mike Berardino. Uh, we thank you for finding us via uh, this avenue, a podcast through Anchor.fm or Google or Spotify or Amazon. We're on Substack. We're on Facebook. And uh, we do this uh, uh, well, roughly uh, once every uh, seven to ten days. And uh, we'll continue to do it until Kimball uh, loses my number. So we're going to now uh, go dark for a moment and then send you a new link because of Cisco WebEx. Uh, I'm recusing myself now from this and then I'll be back with the snacks. Okay, we've uh, mercifully made it to our third and final quote-unquote point, but it might have some value what I'm about to say. I don't know. I didn't have a chance in a, within this coverage season of Notre Dame to watch the entire Dolphins-Steelers game the other night, but it struck me, and maybe you guys did have a chance to watch uh, more of it, that um, this everybody as a nation, uh, sports world, all our listeners, I just want to make sure everyone... Uh, pays appropriate uh, homage to the 72 Dolphins. It's been 50 years, and I've always felt that the only perfect season has been undervalued and brushed aside, and um, everyone has spent so much time poking holes in it and mocking them for their champagne toasts when the last uh, undefeated team would lose each year. And... um, so what I saw on my television was a very brief glimpse. They only let four, as far as I could tell, only four of the 72 Dolphins remaining, and we have lost a number of them, but only four were allowed to walk out to midfield at whatever they're calling it now down there in Florida, Stephen Ross uh, Renovated Stadium. Um, and one of them was Bob Greasy, who I just had to look up uh, – uh, is now 77, and I was concerned because he was walking out with Tua Tungvaluwa. We all know the Tua situation, and Bob Greasy, the Super Bowl winning quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback, and longtime broadcaster, he was the one who seemed a little unsteady as he walked out. He stumbled, and Tua had to hold him up. So there's some metaphor in there, but uh, you had Larry Zonka, you had uh, Larry Little. And yet Paul Warfield, and we have these legends of the game. Of course, Tim claims to be a Dolphins fan. We'll see how emotional he gets on this. I didn't get to watch the 72 Dolphins because I was on a farm and, and we didn't have working television. But later on, I came to realize just what an amazing feat that was. And so I'm open to take your questions at any point on on how that all went down. But um, for 17 Wait, and 0. You didn't have working television? So you had a television, it just wasn't working? I don't, yeah, it was busted. So okay. it was 17 and we had to get back to our chores. Mm-hmm. It only would work for Little House on the Prairie, it seemed. <laughs> um, but I didn't watch 72 Dollars. I don't know what was going on. 
by 75, I'm attending Dolphins games. And then I, I read a lot about it. But uh, no, 72 Dolphins give me chills. And I don't think that the idea of perfection is is properly uh, appreciated. I just never have felt that. And, and the rest of the guys had to be up in the booth. So I just wanted, I just, would that happen any with any other forever team where they're like, you know, we'll, we'll just take four of you onto the field for that applause, but the rest of you can just stay up in the luxury suite and, you know, uh, be quiet. And that's what they just showed them real quickly up there. And the man, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to mention somebody that uh, actually has passed and I haven't had a chance to uh, vet all of this, but it seemed like, well, it's obvious that just four went onto the field. So, you know, I, and if they put the, the uh, Patriots team even that went all the way to the Super Bowl before losing to the Giants. Thankfully, boy, was I rooting for the Giants that day. Um, you know, if they got that team back together, the Randy Moss team, someday, someday they're not just going to let four of those guys go onto the field talk about 18-1 and one or receive cheers. So um, why is it that, and the Jets fan would probably be the place to start, why is it that there's this, this lingering resentment it seems toward the 17 and 0 perfect season team why why can't they get their due i don't think there's resentment um, <laughs> i really don't i mean when you said that i was like resentment i never heard about any resentment but now well, what are you talking about there's absolute resentment they're they a punchline be... they've been a pun nick bonacani has passed but he would be the ringleader where they, they get together and, and open a, a body all open their own bottle of champagne to a champagne toast and people have crushed them for decades. What? Yes. I don't really yes. crush no. I, Absolutely. I well anyway, I I don't see your Trust field of resentment. And I I you could argue there's not enough appreciation for it. I did. Um, as a feat <laughs> I said I, I, would, I would throw out a couple of reasons why. Okay. Um it was only a 14 game season. It was a lot easier to run the table then than it is now. And so, a small and a and a smaller playoffs. I mean, they didn't right, have to win exactly. as many games. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So the whole thing was just just it's two playing. game difference. Two game difference. Well, now yeah. it's it's actually more than that now. Yes. But um, but no. So I think that's part of it. I don't know if if New England well, almost you can't be doing more it, than you can't be you can't uh, be more. Than a couple things. Should be twenty and zero now. Yeah. New England almost doing it might have taken away a little of your luster, but also, if you remember a team like the Colts, you know, yes. um, when they just opted not to even try for it, right? They benched their guys and Jim Caldwell's you know, Colts. Yes, and they were a couple games short. So you know, maybe those are some things that take away from some of the appreciation of it, but. Um, other than that, I really don't, uh, you know, feel like there's that much resentment or, or even, um, it's not that interesting to me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, you, you I guess what? I just, I, I'm guess just, what? I'm trying. You're oh, not that point. interesting to me. You're the only one who's interesting to yourself. <laughs> you and your family and your extended people. That's why we're up today. That's it. <laughs> I have stuff to get back to. Real world stuff. Not on vacation. Talk about Notre Dame football. You get to no. Notre Dame football. You're no, so no. busy doing it. Like I would be really curious. Like, you know, you could go to your coach and say, why why is the two quarterback idea so I crazy? Know. Or or I, wanna, or I like, have asked Marcus Freeman that. I did ask or, him that in the in the summer. Absolutely. It is interesting why when you have a, a coach in his situation, right? I would where play both like right now. They, 
they really underachieved early in the season and now maybe they're coming together. Like what are some of the obstacles this man is facing, um, you know, as he tries to like, you know, get this program back up. But, you know, those were the interesting topics. But what do you got? Are, are you not reading the are you not reading the bombardment of Facebook uh, posts that we get from Mike each week where, with his updates on Notre Dame football? No, because we, we live in a society where we just listen to podcasts. Oh, right. Sorry. Um, I I don't really, as usual, I'm trying to figure out exactly what Mike's point is. But I, so I guess you're the, the fake Dolphins fan, uh, the way back <laughs> Dolphin fan. So uh, do you take offense that I admit that I, Dolphins I don't really understand daughter onto the field the other day? I think they all should have been allowed to dot. That's the point. That's the you point. Go, you're perfect. I want you all on the field. I don't care if you need mobility scooters. You need an. Well, who stopped car. them? I didn't stop them. <laughs> someone, it wasn't someone that a Miami Dolphins them. decision. Like we don't would need you, to try all these. I have no idea who stopped it. I have no would idea. You, but it, talk to them. Happened. Would you not argue that that is the, that that is the Mount Rushmore? Those four. Yeah, exactly. Would you not? Would you? Yeah, I mean, who who else would themselves. you put? Who else would you put there? They didn't. Well, who's who's alive? That's should, a problem. Should, should Mount Rushmore every Mount last Rushmore guy? All, every last guy, Doctor Doug, Doctor Doug Swift, who went on to, uh, to medical school after helping a linebacker, he he should have been out there. They all should have gotten their due. The very last guy on the roster should have gotten his due. The uh, Garrow should have been out there. Whatever. And again, I, if any of these people have passed. I apologize, but I don't. You don't care so. enough to know if they're alive or dead. I, 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 it, 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 I stop and I cry briefly whenever we lose a seventy-two dolphin. You it's just a, don't remember, it's a like a Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy Stewart thing. But then I immediately have to get back to Notre Dame coverage. Yeah, I think the only thing notable about that that scene that you just so eloquently described of Bob Greasy tottering onto the field and and the rest of them is that that uh, what wasn't what wasn't reported was that Tua mistake, mistakenly uh, misidentified Larry Zonka and Larry Little, which I think is, you know. Did he? Can't. Yes. Yes. He, can, he, he got confused. He was oh, like, my. wait a minute, which Larry are you? Mm. So, yeah, I, I think Tua, Tua. Shouldn't have been Tua, Tua is not, should not have. Well, doesn't that prove Mike's point that, like, if you're a Dolphin quarterback, you should be just, like, always aware of their past and just so aware of like these amazing greats that led them to this undefeated season. So you should be able to tell the difference between the two of them. I mean, Bob Greasy, who I'm sure never took the hits that, that Tua has taken and Mike correctly pointed out, seemed a bit, a bit uh, shaky to say the least walking out there should be a cautionary tale for Tua and for basically for all NFL people at this point that, uh, Bob Greasy Bob broke his leg that season. Uh, he did break his leg. Massive portion of the season. Earl Morrill, the late Earl Morrill, saved it. Uh, and uh, then had to give his... Two-quarterback system. Back. Two-quarterback yeah. system. It doesn't happen. The perfection doesn't happen. Well, it wasn't really... Well, it was a two-quarterback system because in the postseason, um, after Morrill's magic started to run out, uh, a rusty Bob Greasy... Rust, rusty Greasy went back in there, um, and Don Shula had the uh, cojones to pull that off. If, if it hadn't, if it had not worked, this was the same Don Shula whose Colts had lost to the to Kimball's Jets, uh, you know, in the guarantee game very recently. So just four years earlier, um, he had a lot uh, on the line there. Obviously, he had been he had been uh, 
typecast as the couldn't win the big one coach and uh, finally had not not only won it but was was perfect um forever perfect 17 and 0 and that's I just want a little respect for that team starting with the way they handled their own ceremony so um that's 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 what I wanted to talk about you have to respect themselves first don't don't that's they right. that's, what, <laughs> that's what Madonna said yeah um I will say Larry Zonka did a great job of of walking out there for the first part of it with carry while carrying his cane. He did not use the cane, did not lean on the cane. Uh, he waited. He just it was just a couple steps. He was just there just for backup. So that was that was a boss move there from Zonk, Syracuse man. And I'll be making my first trip ever to Syracuse in a few days, um, and uh, going to be covering. Notre Dame at uh, Syracuse in the carrier, the former Carrier Dome. I'm not going to bother to learn the new name, uh, whatever they sold it out to. Although Car- <laughs> Carrier was obviously a corporate name as well. Um, we, that's we, it. We should change our, change the name of the pod, podcast to Mike's Stream of Consciousness. Seriously, nothing wrong with that. I mean, if you if you over if you over script something like this, cert- certainly all you're going to do is uh, is alienate your audience. So. Um, you know, we like to see people work without a net, don't we? So, I like how you brought it all the way back around to Syracuse. It's, it's really a beautiful thing the way we the way we, we just circled circled yeah. that circled that. So yeah. that's orange. that's a journalist instinct right there. That's right. We're gonna get that. We now have an episode uh, headline for you. All right. So thanks for listening. Uh, this was uh, Three Point Range, the brainchild of the scout Kimball Crosley, who's never failed to amuse himself on this episode and uh, the professor Tim Crothers and uh, we'll see you uh, in a, at a later date. Thanks for listening.